Texas Tech plays Mississippi State and a noisy Mike Leach in the Liberty Bowl today. We're going to preview everything, discuss a key face who is no longer a part of the Texas Tech football program, and give our predictions on the bowl game. Coming up on today's Locked On Texas Tech. You are Locked On Texas Tech, your daily podcast on the Texas Tech Red Raiders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Texas Tech, a member of the Locked On Network. Thanks for making Locked On Texas Tech your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. I'm Ryan Mainville. I cover Texas Tech for the Dallas Morning News, and I'm joined once again today by my good friend and longtime Texas Tech analyst, Emery Lida. Emery, missed you yesterday, man. It was very lonely on the pod here by myself, but uh, really glad you're back today to talk about Mississippi State. We're going to break down um, just some some previews, some key guys, some score predictions for the Liberty Bowl tonight. We'll take another look at Mississippi State from Emory's perspective, and we're obviously going to discuss the notable news of Henry Columbia departing from Texas Tech. All of that in today's episode, which is brought to you by Sonos. Sonos is the official sponsor of ESPN College Football. Go to Sonos.com to learn more. Texas Tech has lost a member of their quarterback room after Henry Columbia announced, or, or I guess Sonny Cumbie announced for Henry Columbia that he had left the program, did not travel with the team to Memphis, um, and, and now it's clear why, because he will be looking to play one more year of college football elsewhere. Obviously kind of had a very strange Texas Tech career in two seasons after following Matt Wells from Utah State. Um, he threw for 1,291 yards and five touchdowns this season and also five picks. Um, his yards per attempt jumped this year by about two and a half yards, but pretty much everything else went down. Three of those touchdowns came in the Texas loss where Texas Tech lost 35 to 70. So obviously some very uh, big question marks about what you can do in a game like that, but he had earned the starting job after Tyler Shuck went down with a broken collarbone. Um, and then he threw two touchdowns after that Texas game and his last 124 pass attempts as a Red Raider. So a stark, stark drop off. And um, obviously he ended up losing the starting job to Donovan Smith. Initially seemed to be labeled as like an illness thing, but uh, I can tell you from 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 inside the program, the noise was always going to be that, that Donovan Smith was going to take over kind of after Columbia had struggled that one final time. But um, obviously you lose a guy who's been a key part of your relief quarterback room for two seasons now. He's one of the more experienced guys in your quarterback room. And, and you know, as up and down as he was, he did do some very good things at Texas Tech wasn't able to put it all together consistently, wasn't always pretty, didn't always make the best decisions, but Texas Tech is certainly losing a serviceable player at the very least. Yeah, I mean, you have to look at it where Columbia's won four Big 12 games as a starter. Shout out to Tech Hoops guy for the stat, but he's won more games as a starter than any other Texas Tech quarterback since Pat, or outside of Patrick Mahomes since 2013 which is pretty ridiculous. Even Davis Webb, Nick Shimanick, Jet Duffy, Alan Bowman, 
you get on the list, none of those guys have won more than three, and he's won four. And that in a, in itself is pretty impressive. But if you look at the actual tape and the actual quarterback play, it's very up and down. I think he had his moments. Games against West Virginia both years were pretty good. Certainly his first start where he won at home in Lubbock as a significant underdog to them was very impressive. Uh, but he kind of struggled to just keep that momentum going, especially this year. I mean, he had a good start to the year. The game against Texas was very impressive. He had more downfield completions in that game than really any other point in his in his entire career. And the game against West Virginia was good. And then it just started to fall off the rails a little bit. The game against TCU, Kansas, Oklahoma, all of those featured struggles. And then Kansas State was probably the one black mark on everyone's list in terms of Columbia quarterback. So, I mean, there were some good moments, I think. As a whole, you have to look at him as a decent quarterback. He was never going to be a superstar or someone that could bring you to the next level, but he also didn't necessarily lose games for you. And I think, I mean, you have to look at that as a positive. And even though it didn't end well, and obviously Donovan Smith essentially took his job, you still have to look at his time at Tech as a net positive. And he helped the team win some games. And I think without him, Tech wouldn't have been in as good of a place the last couple of years. So at the end of the day, I mean, he goes into a long list of tech quarterbacks that weren't quite elite talents, but certainly helped win games over the course of a few years. And I mean, there's a lot to like about Columbia's career, and I wish him all the best going forward. Yeah, I mean, you hear the term game manager used a lot, almost as an insult, but I think that's really a role that Columbia has adopted and really flourished under is um, when he's looked the best, it's when he's not forcing the ball downfield. It's when he's playing within his role, working the short game, getting some things in the middle of the field, and just being patient and making good decisions. Where he's looked more inconsistent is where he's forcing it, trying to do a little bit too much downfield and trying to throw bombs. And so I think, you know, Columbia was very serviceable. He was ready to go whenever his number was called, was um, never really going to be deemed the guy to be the starting quarterback, but. Every time he walked into that role, he just did everything that he could for Texas Tech to walk away with the victory. So um, obviously, this is not an earth-crushing de- decision for for Texas Tech. Um, and inevitably, Donovan Smith would have been the guy anyways. It, it was trending that way, and, um, and now that's that's just set in stone because you won't have any other options. And so Texas Tech's quarterback room gets a little bit younger now. Um, now you're really looking at shuck if he comes back which it it seems like he will just based on on looking around um baron morton and and donovan smith assuming assuming no transfers those are your guys with obviously parker mcneil and maverick mciver somehow on on the roster still but um texas tech's quarterback room is still talented um and i know that a lot of people were were sad about the quinn years era and just how that impacted texas tech's future but at the end of the day You've still got two young, exciting quarterbacks and an experienced veteran who certainly has room to grow, but I think could really flourish under a Zach Kitley offense. So first off, does Maverick Maverick McIver even exist anymore? Because it seems like he's just fallen off the face of the earth the last couple of years. And literally before today and before Columbia ended up transferring, and I heard all this about the quarterback room, I genuinely had not thought about him in months. So having McIver on the roster is still very interesting and bizarre to me. But beyond that, I mean, Columbia, with Columbia, you had a guy that had quite a bit of experience starting college games. By the time 
by the time he lost the job, he had already started, I believe it was nine games in his college career, which is more than anyone else outside of Shuck on the roster. And even with Shuck, his experience was kind of a little bit more limited and sparse, especially at Texas Tech and playing in the Big 12. So that's an advantage that you're not going to have uh, with Columbia off the roster. But in terms of on-field production, I think it was pretty clear that Tech had different ideas than Henry Columbia quarterback, and you were going to be moving forward regardless. So on the field, it's maybe not so much of an impact. Off the field, you lose some leadership, you lose a lot of experience, and you lose someone that had arguably the best TikTok account on Texas Tech football with his Husky. So that's the one thing I'm really sad about. And then obviously the leadership is something that's I will, that I think is going to get maybe underrated by some, but having someone that's played in those big games and had big moments is certainly something to look at and something that the young guys could have drawn off of. Yeah, definitely a good dude, and we'll be rooting for him going forward no matter where he lands, but Texas Tech's quarterback room is still very, very promising. Coming up next, we are going to preview Mississippi State from Emory's perspective, but first, a word from our sponsors. Thanks again for making Locked On Texas Tech your first listen every day. Be sure to check out the Ultimate College Football Playoff Preview for 2021. There's local experts, betting advice, and draft analysis. It's the most comprehensive college football playoff preview, and it began last Friday. Be sure to check that out. A team that looked like they were going to be very competitive within the SEC and had many ups and downs was obviously Mississippi State. I talked about them all by my lonesome on Monday, which was probably exhausting for you to sit through, and I apologize, but I'm very grateful to have Emery here once again to pick his brain on the tape. So Emery, I think what a lot of people first notice about Mississippi State is the offense. It's kind of a textbook Mike Leach, but they've got a number of guys um, who play really well in the passing game. And I'm just really interested to see what what stood out to you from this offense and and who are some of the guys that have been big-time playmakers on this group. Well, first off, this is very much a vintage Mike Leach offense. I mean, you have so many receivers that have gotten a good amount of targets this year. You've got a quarterback that's decisive, makes quick reads, doesn't make a lot of mistakes. That was something that I think is critically an area where Will Rogers has improved from last year to this year. And Rogers... It starts with him. He's an efficient quarterback, threw 35 touchdowns, only eight picks this year. His decisiveness from last year, what I remember watching them to this year, has gotten a lot better. He doesn't make as many indecisive plays, can really anticipate throws well, and he doesn't make as many mistakes in terms of putting the ball up into harm's way, which in a Mike Leach system is very critical because you're making so many short throws, and it really sort of allows the offense to run efficiently. So Rodgers being an efficient quarterback is the first thing that stands out. He's maybe not someone that's going to win you games purely by his arm talent, but he's someone that's going to be efficient, going to make the right reads, and can really put the ball on the money. He's a very accurate quarterback, 75% completion percentage this year, and he's thrown quite a bit in the intermediate range. It hasn't just been all check downs and swing routes. Um then obviously you've got the receiver room. And I mean, this is something that just is absolutely staggering to me. You've got five guys that had at least 45 catches. Texas Tech had only one this entire year. And you have so many guys to spread the ball around to. I mean, Mackay Pope and Malik Heath are probably the two that I see as the most talented, even though he's only had 34 receptions. But you've got guys like Jaden Wally, 
Austin Williams, and then you got the two running backs, Jacobius Marks and Dylan Johnson, that really kind of factor into the passing game. And they'll they'll be utilized a lot in those screen routes, underneath routes, swing routes, stuff like that. And Mississippi State has really been aggressive in doing that. And then you kind of have to look at the run game, too. That's the one sort of underrated part at all times with Mike Leach's offense. I think this year they have two running backs, like I mentioned, in Johnson and Marks. Neither of them have had more than just over 100 carries. So obviously they don't run the ball a lot as is tradition for a Mike Leach offense. But you've got guys there that have good athletic capability. The offensive line isn't as good run blocking as they are pass blocking. And certainly you lose easily your best blocking piece in Charles Cross for this bowl game as he's opting out. Probably a top 10 pick. Played left tackle this season. But as a whole, I mean, this is a good unit. The passing game is really efficient. I think Will Rogers being a good quarterback and really fitting what Mike Leach wants to do is a critical thing for their offense. But then also you have the receivers to make plays and get good yards after catch. So, I mean, this is going to be an offense that's going to really challenge Tech's defense, especially in the passing game, just because Tech really hasn't had to face that many pass and trick teams. I'm interested to see how they match up in that sense. Yeah, it's obviously a really exciting offense to watch and to break down. I mean, you've got a lot of exciting guys. You mentioned Polk. I really liked watching the tape on those two backs. They just consistently find ways to get involved in the passing game as they obviously have a much smaller role as rushers on an air raid team. But really what I think the the best part about this Mississippi State team is is, is their defense. I think they're one of the best defensive teams in the nation, to be quite honest. Um, they've allowed just 331 yards per game um, and only 100 of those on the ground. I think it's just over 100. So a very, very impressive defense that is third in, in the SEC and run and run defense behind only the obviously very talented defenses at Alabama and Georgia. And then you've got just an overall offense that's played really well in coverage for the most part gets pressure on the quarterback, doesn't always sack them, but does tend to put pressure even with light boxes, and then obviously just completely stops the run at times. As you as you look at this defense, what, what do you think has been the key to their success, and is there anything that you see on Texas Tech's end that you think can kind of exploit how they've looked so good so far? Well, I think defensively for me, it starts on the outside when you're looking at their passing defense. I mean, you've got two corners and one of them is not going to be playing in this game but Martin Emerson and Emmanuel Forbes to me were some of the best corners in the nation as a tandem just because of their length on the outside didn't allow a lot of long passes and that really meant that teams were having to play short and underneath against Mississippi State and for the most part that's a good success good method of success against college quarterbacks because you forcing them to constantly hit tight windows and hit the underneath game it creates a situation where they're likely to make a mistake. So having those two corners really helped out in the passing game. And then obviously the run game inside, they were able to get good amounts of pressure as in a 3-3-5 look, similar in a sense to what Tech runs, but they put they oftentimes will put a little bit more emphasis on stacking the box. And I think as a whole, this defense is very solid, very well grounded. I mean, nowhere near as many missed tackles as what Texas Tech had. And I think on the inside, you're going to have a hard time running against them just because of the SEC size that they have. I know it's a cliche at this point, but the SEC's defenses can be very physical up front, and I think this one's no different. And then 
I think on the outside in corners, I mean, obviously you lose Emerson for this game. You still have Decameria and Richardson, who's a very solid backup for them and has that kind of length that Emerson had. So the outside and the interior are kind of both very solid fits for Mississippi State. The one weak weak point, I would say, is their inside corners and safeties have been a little bit of a revolving door. And if you look at some of the big plays they've allowed this year, it's been kind of on slot receivers and inside looks that Mississippi State can get burned for touchdowns. So I think you're going to have opportunities for guys like a Miles Price, maybe a Dalton Rigdon or McLean Mannix to have opportunities on the inside. And as well as that, featuring the backs in the passing game could could be a good avenue. Someone like Xavier White or Taj Brooks or even Sir Roderick Thompson could be good fits in that sense, just being able to attack the defense in the from the inside as a passing as a pass catching threat out of the backfield. And a guy that that comes to my mind pretty quickly for Texas Tech in that short game that we haven't really seen a lot of in the slot he's played mostly on the outside is Kalen Geiger um this is going to be his last game as a Red Raider I think that he's been a key part of the receiving room for Texas Tech this season and I really do think that they can do a little bit more with him in between the numbers he's pretty fast he's got good route running um just a guy that is a is a big loss for you this offseason but has been a really key part of, of this receiving core and obviously we know um, no Eric Ezukama in this game, which is a big loss for Texas Tech and in a sense of just production, but also for the fact that Ezukama will force the opposing defenses to adjust and really puts the pressure on opposing defenses to just just draw a lot of attention. So that's a loss for Texas Tech players opting out on both sides of this one. So um, really, really interesting matchup here with a very stout defense and a Texas Tech offense that has looked really, really good. Emery, do you have any final thoughts before we get into our predictions for the Liberty Bowl? I think this is a game that Geiger could be critical in. I mean, he's only played about 14% of his snaps all year in the slot, and really that started to increase lately, and I feel like this is a game where you could really use his talents. And I mean offensively for Tech, it's going to be tough sledding. You don't have Ezukama on the outside. Obviously, you've got young receivers there that have shown talent, but it's going to be really interesting to see how Tech can attack that Mississippi State defense. And, I mean, it's going to be a challenge. I don't know if this is a game that's a perfect match for Tech on that end, on that side of the field, but certainly we'll get to see these guys develop and see what Son- what Sonny Cumbie can play in as his final masterpiece for Tech. Agree, man. I think Geiger is a really big part of what will happen in Memphis. Coming up, we're going to wrap up this preview episode with our final thoughts and give our predictions for the Mike Leach Bowl. Bet Online has you covered all season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football season continues the march to the playoffs. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season. Head to our new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code Locked On to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet Online, where the game starts. The day is finally here for the first time since 2017. Texas Tech will be playing in a bowl game, and they have a chance to win a bowl game for the first time since 2013. Obviously, very uh, 
dramatic matchup with, with Mike Leach. You've obviously got a guy named Will Rogers playing playing quarterback for your opponent. Um, Sonny Cumbie is coaching a, a game, and he's he's a head coach somewhere else. Texas Tech's head coach it, it will be at this game, but not coaching. There, there's just a lot going on here, man. The de- the defensive coordinator for Texas Tech is going to be taking another job. DeAndre Smith, the running backs coach, is going to be calling special teams. It's a very, very weird matchup. But overall, I think it's one that can and should get a lot of Texas Tech fans really excited. Because beyond all the storylines, the Red Raiders are back in a bowl game. They've looked competitive this season. They've surely had their ups and downs. And the downs have been very, very painful at times. But the Red Raiders are back in a competitive position. They're playing into December, and it feels good. But to win their first bowl game in eight years, there are certainly a few things that they must do. Emery, what are your keys to a Texas Tech victory tonight? Well, the first thing is you've got to make sure everyone's on the same page and together. And I've got confidence that the the staff can do that. I mean, this no one expected or very few people expected Tech to be able to get to a bowl game when they fired Matt Wells. It was really a harsh criticism from a lot of people nationally. of Why would you fire your coach when you're five and three? And Sonny Cumbie managed to do that. And I think this whole group has been very resilient through the year, even when the losses have piled up, even when games haven't gone your way. I mean, the Baylor game, they were right in it. Oklahoma State, they kept giving themselves chances to get back into that game. And I think just being able to stay on the same page, being resilient, that's kind of the motivational key to it, sort of the off the field aspect of it. On the field, I think you've got to find ways to get the ball from one side of the field to the other. You've got to be able to hit explosive plays. I think running the ball in this Mississippi State defense is going to be pretty difficult, as is throwing deep balls as contested catches, trying to get the outside receivers going. But certainly on the inside, you have guys that can get stuff done. You can run more short routes, really kind of attack Mississippi State at their own game from a passing perspective. And then defensively, I think it's just coming down to making sure the secondary can stay consistent, not let up any big plays, force Will Rogers to dink and dunk all game, because you know he's going to be effective doing that, but you also know that you can't make it too easy on him. You've got to make tight windows, force him to be the deciding factor, make sure that he can be the one that can lead Mississippi State to victory because you don't want to lose just because of the scheme and because you're giving him open windows to throw all day. Yeah, I mean, I mentioned this on my on my solo episode the other day, but you know that that Will Rogers can can get stuff going underneath. Um, he he's been a really really effective quarterback at moving the ball, and he's played within his role and within the system very 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 well. Um, he's been really good over his last four games. He's got 16 touchdowns. Um, and, and coming into this game, you know, te- what Texas Tech needs to do above all else is just execute. They, they've got to be able to protect the ball. They can't struggle with turnovers. They can't be, you know, having having silly penalties like 12 men on the field. They've got to stay out of foul trouble in terms of false starts and holding and DPI. They just can't do anything to slow themselves down. They've really got to be able to execute in this game. And if Texas Tech can do that, then I think that they'll be in for four competitive quarters, Um, regardless of what the final score ends up being. I do think that if Texas Tech can protect the football 
and also move it on, on offense. I think that they're in really good shape. Um, obviously, your run game is going to be almost obsolete in this game, I would guess, with just how good Mississippi State is at it. I do think that they need to try and establish somewhat of a run game to at least keep the defense honest, um, especially with Donovan Smith being young and inconsistent at this point in his career playing quarterback. I think that it would be big to have a guy like Taj Brooks get a couple of big runs in, um, and then just the short game and the quick pass game I think will be a big weapon for Texas Tech. They've got to be able to get the ball out quick, get some yak, um, run after catch, move the ball well off of easy plays, and, and just don't shoot themselves in the foot. Don't try to do too much. Play within the system. This game has a lot of emotions around it. I'm sure those will only grow after Mike Leach made some pretty uh, stern comments about how he felt on the Texas Tech leadership today or yesterday. But I am I am really excited for this game, and I think that although Mississippi State has been very explosive and, and very intriguing, I do think that Texas Tech has a really good chance to win this game. Right now, Mississippi State is about a 10-point favorite on the books with the total around 58 and a half, and I'm going to pick Mississippi State to win this game, unfortunately. Um, I don't think that Texas Tech will get their first bowl win in eight years. Um, and what it really comes down to is the Mississippi State defense. This defense has just been stellar this year. I think that they're one of the best defenses in the nation. Um, and I just don't know that we've seen Donovan Smith be a guy that can overcome those hurdles since the Iowa State game. And he's got the talent there. He's definitely got the arm strength. He's got the mobility. He's got the talent. but Playing, playing college football takes, takes some reps and it takes some time to develop that, that mental competitive edge to be able to go out to control yourself and to play a good game of football. And, and Donovan Smith might do that tomorrow, tonight. Um, I'm, I'm willing and excited to see him prove me wrong, but I do think that Mississippi State will end up winning this game. I'm, I'm actually going to go under the, the point total by, by quite a bit. I'm going to pick... Uh, Mississippi State to win this game 31 to 24. So Texas Tech, I'm, I'm going to pick them to cover. I, I feel good about that, but I I just don't, I don't know if uh, the Red Raiders have a great chance at pulling out a win in this game as much as I'd like them to. Uh, what happened in the Gonzaga game happened again, Ryan picking against Texas, picking against Texas Tech. It's a story as old as time. And you know what? I'm going to agree with you. I'm going to go Mississippi State to win this one. I think just with everything going on and the tech coaching staff and the fact that you're already at disadvantage from a talent perspective, just because of how everything's gone down and how your team has been kind of banged up. And obviously Mississippi State is a well-oiled machine offensively and defensively. They've got so much talent up front and even the corners are very impressive. I just can't see a feasible way where Tech is able to come out ahead in this one. I mean, it could it could happen. Stranger things have happened. Baylor is an example of a team that has won in the past with a coaching staff that's halfway out the door in 2016 when they lost like six in a row in the year and somehow managed to pull out a win over Boise State in a bowl game. But, I mean, common sense would just dictate that this is not a game where you would expect Tech to be able to win. I do think they're going to keep it close. I think that you're going to see Sonny Gumby's squad come out 
come out firing. I think this is actually going to be more of an offensive game just because of the fact that you've got Tech's defense and Mississippi State's passing game. And I just think that Mississippi State's going to be able to put a lot of points on the board. I think they'll put up, say, 41 or 45. I'll stick with 41 for the prediction. And I think on Tech's side of things, they'll get a few splash plays. I mean, if there's one thing Donovan Smith has been good at outside of the Oklahoma State game, it's been finding ways to find guys downfield and hit those home run balls. I mean, you saw it a lot in the Iowa State game. You saw a couple of big plays against Baylor, and you saw it a little bit in the Oklahoma game. So I've got faith in him to do that. I just think that Mississippi State's got too much firepower and too much strength up front to be able to get any consistency going. So I'll go with Mississippi State winning this one, 41 to 24. But hopefully Tech can learn a lot. And who knows, maybe they can surprise both of us and pull out a victory. I'd love that. I love being proved wrong with plenty of evidence that I was very, very wrong. And I hope Texas Tech does what Daniel Bacho is doing to me every single time the Red Raiders play a basketball game. But really exciting for Texas Tech to even be back in the conversation, to be quite honest. I know a lot of people want to see them win this game, and I, I certainly do the same. I think that the Red Raiders have a chance. I could see this game kind of being slower and more defensive, or I could see it being a little bit more explosive like you predict. But either way, excited for the Red Raiders to be in Memphis and for them to give Mississippi State their best chance tonight. We will be back tomorrow um, to recap the Mississippi State-Texas Tech Liberty Bowl matchup, figure out if we were wrong or if we look like geniuses, um, just kind of discussing where Texas Tech football goes from here. And um, we're excited to just continue to bring you coverage for Texas Tech basketball as, as the football team wraps their season up. Obviously, the Red Raiders had their first Big 12 conference game canceled or postponed today as a result of COVID-19 issues within the Oklahoma State program. So we'll get a little bit of a break in hoops, but we're going to keep bringing you the coverage. In the meantime, as we are off the air, please follow us on, on, on our Twitters. You can follow me at our Mainville LBK. You can follow Emory at Eraser41, and you can follow the official Locked On Texas Tech Twitter at Locked On TTU. We genuinely do appreciate all the feedback, all the comments, all the concerns. I had somebody DM me today and say that our intro was too loud. So hopefully that's a little bit better in today's episode. But things like that are very helpful to hear as well as content suggestions because we would love to make this show as entertaining for you as possible. Follow our feed, share our feed with a friend or share it on Twitter. We love getting new listeners and just continuing to grow the audience within Red Raider Nation. Thanks for making Locked On Texas Tech your first listen every day. As I said, we'll be back tomorrow to break down the Mississippi State Liberty Bowl game. Now go make your second listen Locked On Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked On Bets, hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It's free and available on all platforms just like us. Thanks for joining us, and we will see you tomorrow.